1963, Ronald Reagan was president, Bill Clinton was governor, and little Mena, Arkansas, changed from a quiet town to a center for drug smuggling and reported Contra support activity. In the middle of it all, this man, admitted dope smuggler Barry Seal. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the next episode of The Will Kanishi Show, In Search for Truth and Justice, with yours truly, Will Kanishi. And the podcast today will be on the title, 60 to 70% of what you see in the movies or on television has either come true or will come true. And I will use movie references of drug running out of Mena, Arkansas, facilitated by none other than Bill Clinton, yeah, Slick Willie, a movie made by Tom Cruise, a second movie by Tom Cruise, where they arrest people for future crimes that have not been committed. A couple episodes from SVU Law and Order about honey traps and a wealthy billionaire getting caught giving young girls massages. Another will be Solvent Green and Hunger Games about folks standing in line for food. A prison barge ship movie that was done by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sly himself, Sylvester Stallone, Captain Kirk and the Enterprise and what has come to volition today, some of the technology that they had and finally Star Wars and how the series shows where there's a overall government controlling the masses. So stay tuned folks because we have a stack pack show for you today. quickly get some housekeeping out of the way if you would support my channel like share and subscribe to my channel and hit the notification button so you'll get notifications every time i put out a podcast i want to give a special shout out to a buddy of mine his name is dave at inglorious patriots also see him under the name of net fourth truth usa whirlwind patriots he has several different names because he is a truth teller and youtube has had a habit of taking down his channel for telling the truth so i'm gonna put his link down in my descriptions if i have enough room for everything if you would go out like share and subscribe to his youtube channel and if not if i don't have enough room over to my right on my feature channels the very first one says inglorious patriots and that is dave's channel so this first movie american made starring tom cruise and what is he portraying he's portraying a infamous drug runner out of mena arkansas whose name was barry seals and barry seals ran drugs guns and money being facilitated or covered for by the CIA, the DEA. You dirty double-crossing rat! He had connections with the Colombian drug cartels and none other than good old Slick Willie <laughs> was the one who was set this in motion on the behalf of President Ronald Reagan. 
So let me give you a little bit of background. When Reagan first came into office, there was an issue going on over in Iran. The Iranians had overrun the U.S. embassy and taken 40 or 50 some Americans hostage. And for 100 and some days, that's all you saw on the television was the hostage crisis over in Iran. So needless to say, the American people didn't care too much for the Iranians. There was another issue that was going on at the same time, and that was the communists trying to take over Nicaragua. They were the Sandinistas. Well, because of an agreement that we have between the United States and our southern countries and Central America and South America called the Monroe Doctrine, we have this agreement that we do not invade or go into war with those countries and they don't go into war with us. So there was an issue there that Reagan wanted to help, but he had to figure a way to get around that doctrine to try to help keep the communists out of Nicaragua. The first thing he did was he gave about $30 million to the Iranians. They were to keep some, and the rest of it, they were to buy guns and send it over to the Contras to fight the Sandinista communists, and he got caught. A lot of people got in trouble. You hear the name of Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. So they served old Oliver North up, and he was kind of the fall guy, but about seven or eight people eventually went to jail for that. They still needed to get aid to these rebels down in Nicaragua. So what did they do? To Slick Willie, the governor of Arkansas at the time, And in this little spithole town, this little tiny airport, they built this thing up to the point where they could park these gigantic C-130s in this airport, built these gigantic runways, and started to run drugs, money, and weapons down to Contras that were fighting the communist rebels in Nicaragua. That was the guys that was the plan, and that's exactly what they did. Now, the money that was being laundered through the sale of all this cocaine to buy the weapons was through an organization that was set up by Slick Willie through the state of Arkansas. And it was called the Arkansas Development Finance Authority. Webb Hubble ran the paperwork for this organization, which was Hillary Clinton's law partner. And it was ran by, at one time, one of the Clinton's henchmen, Larry Nichols, who is now a patriot. You see him out on YouTube, and he is constantly spilling the beans on the Clintons of the things that he did for them and the things he knows about them. Basically, what you did to get your million dollar low interest loan, because loans back then were at 12 and 15% interest, you would give Slick Willie $50,000 for his election campaign. They'd give you a million and then you didn't have to pay it off because what actually paid off the loan was the sale from the thousands of tons of cocaine that they were shipping in and selling on the streets of America that was being covered and facilitated by the, like I said, CIA, the DEA, and ultimately Slick Willie was put up as the nomination for the Democratic Party. Since Slick Willie was elected as president, then you had Bush, then you had Obama. They're all together. It doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican. It's the same turd wrapped up in a different box. Reagan promised 
to Slick Willie was, you helped me out with selling these drugs and transporting them here in your state and laundering the money so I can get the help down to the folks in Nicaragua. I'll see that down the road you will be the nominee for the Democratic Party for president. That's how it works, folks. Once again, what you see on television or in a movie actually has happened, thanks to Tom Cruise. Now, I won't get into a whole lot more on the Mena, Arkansas, because in the drug running, because that in itself is an entire podcast for me. So I will go ahead and drop off on that and maybe down the road be looking for the Mena, Arkansas podcast. I think I will do one. So what's the next movie? Well, Tom Cruise does another movie, and that movie is called The Minority Report. The movie was done in 2002, and The Minority Report was based on futuristic times where they have a division of people that they were able to be able to see in the future, and this division of law enforcement people would go out and arrest folks before they had actually committed a crime. Well, wind the clock up a few years, now you have Obama as president, you're a fucking idiot! You're a fucking idiot, you dickhead! And he puts in this executive order called prolonged detention. Now, what is prolonged detention? I'm going to play the clip for you. Rachel Maddow, before she was bought and paid for, did a report on this, basically stating that Obama wanted to have the authority inside the continental United States to arrest people before they had actually committed a crime because they think that individual or individuals will commit a crime somewhere in the future and be able to detain them indefinitely. President Obama today proposed something new, something called prolonged detention. Doesn't sound that bad, right? Prolonged detention. Did you ever see the movie Minority Report? It was based on a Philip K. Dick short story. It came out in 2002. It starred Tom Cruise, remember? He played a police officer in something called the Department of Pre-Crime. Pre-Crime is where people are arrested and incarcerated to prevent crimes that they have not yet committed. Mr. Marks. By mandate of the District of Columbia Pre-Crime Division, I'm placing you under arrest for the future murder of Sarah Marks and Donald Dubin. It was take place today, April 22nd, at 0800 hours before minutes. No, I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything, but you're gonna. Future murder. Creepy, right? Putting somebody in jail, not for what they've done, but for what you're very sure they're going to do? There may be a number of people who cannot be prosecuted for past crimes. In some cases, because evidence may be tainted. But who nonetheless pose a threat to the security of the United States. We're not prosecuting them for past crimes, but we need to keep them in prison because of our expectation of their future crimes. We will incarcerate people preventively, preventive incarceration, indefinite detention without trial. That's what, that's what this is. That's what President Obama proposed today. If you strip away the euphemisms. One civil liberties advocate told the New York Times today, quote, we've known this was on the horizon for many years, but we were able to hold it off with George Bush. The idea that we might find ourselves fighting with the Obama administration over these powers is really stunning. And it is stunning, particularly to hear President Obama claim the power to keep people in prison indefinitely with no charges against them, no conviction, no sentence, just imprisonment. It's particularly stunning to hear him make that claim in the middle of a speech 
that was all about the rule of law. But we must do so with an abiding confidence in the rule of law. Our government was defending positions that undermine the rule of law to ensure that they are in line with the rule of law. How can a president speak the kind of poetry that President Obama does about the rule of law and call for the power to indefinitely, preventively imprison people because they might commit crimes in the future? Once again, what you saw in a movie actually took place and happened to a certain degree on this one. So the next one I want to mention is SVU. Now, if you're not familiar what SVU Law and Order does, it's a elite set of detectives in New York that go out and investigate sex crimes. Their one episode, which I left a link here, they investigate this rich billionaire who brings underage girls over to his Manhattan townhouse and pays them to give him massages in their underwear. Hmm, I wonder who that sounds like. Oh, that's right. That would be Jeffrey Epstein, wouldn't it? Didn't old Jeffrey Epstein get busted doing that down in Florida and went to jail for 13 months? Oh, and by the way, in the SVU, they have this billionaire, that episode, his ex-girlfriend was going out recruiting the young girls, just like Ghislaine Maxwell for Jeffrey Epstein was the one that went out and recruited these young girls to give the massages and the underwear to the rich billionaire. Once again, what you see on television, 60 to 70 percent, has either happened or is going to happen. Let's move on to the next one. There's a movie called Escape Plan. Now, this movie is Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the movie starts out where they're inside of a prison. The majority of the movie goes through where they work out this plan to escape. But guess what? When they escape and get outside, they find out that they're not on land. They're on a prison ship. Well, are there prison ships out there? Well, yes, of course there are. There was a prison barge in New York Harbor, the Brooklyn Harbor, as Things started to move towards these indictments, and they started to unsealing indictments. There, these prison ships started to move. This prison ship moved. The last we heard of it was in South Carolina. Haven't heard where its whereabouts is now, but it was in South Carolina and suspected headed towards Gitmo. Weather alert. The current temperature in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, for December the 28th, 2019. The current temperature is 79 degrees. The high today was 91 and the low was 69. It was 10% precipitation and the humidity was 74%. And that is for you swamp rats out there that will know how to pack on your way down to Gitmo. This would be the weather alert for Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. There's also another one out in the, the West Coast off of California, and it was parked out there. We don't know if that one's still out there or that one has gone across the Panamanian Channel and headed on over to Gitmo itself. So there's another movie where once you see it on TV, does it actually, or movies, does it actually happen? The next two movies I'm going to discuss will be a movie that was made back in the 1970s called solvent green and solvent green was about 
kind of like the Hunger Games. You had all these people out in the middle of a city street begging for food, and they gave them this green substance. Well, come to find out, the green substance was actually made from people. And they had actually run out of the solvent green food that they fed folks. And in the movie, they had their bulldozers coming in, scooping people up in the buckets, tossing them into the back of a dump truck to haul those people off to kill them and to process them to make the solvent green to feed the rest. Wow. Well, you wind the clock up again. There's the Hunger Games. If you haven't seen the Hunger Games, basically there is the uh, big government of a handful of people that is ruling over the masses. And pretty much as long as you do what they say, they'll feed you. And the games are set up where they put folks against each other and they actually kill each other in these duels. It's a whole, it's a whole set of folks. And then whoever comes out of the top gets to get out of the masses and live with the classes, basically. That's the Hunger Games. Well, in Venezuela, what do you have? Venezuela, 25 years ago, was one of the richest countries in the world until socialism came in. Now you have people standing in lines for food, digging through trash cans, begging for food from the government, begging for just basic necessities like toothpaste and toilet paper. So, once again, what you see on television actually has happened in real life. TV series back in the 70s, it was called Star Trek. And the captain of the spaceship was Captain Kirk. And they went out and got into all these episodes where they'd come across an issue and they'd have to fix the issue. And many times Captain Kirk would be down on a planet and he would pull his little communicator out of his pocket and it would make a little squeaking noise. And standing on the planet, he would talk to the Starship Enterprise up in space. Huh. Well, as a, as a kid, I used to tell my friends, which used to laugh at me, two things will happen. There will come a day where we will be able to pull our communicators out of our pocket and talk to space. And they thought that was just absolutely absurd <laughs> we i said we may not live to see it because this was 40 years ago but it may but i i know somewhere down the road because i can just feel it it will happen so the other thing is going to be able to happen is we will be able to sit in our living rooms watch television, and influence what happens on live TV. Well, what do we have today? We have a cell phone. Now, cell phones started out as car phones and i'll talk about that in a minute but we have a cell phone and we can pull our little communicator out just like captain kirk did and if you have the phone number not only can you call on the other side of the world but if somebody's up in the space station that we have up orbiting the earth right now and you have the phone number guess what you can call it just like captain kirk did the other thing is 
I said you can influence sitting in your house, in your living room, influence what happens on live television. Well, what happens with these TV shows like Dancing with the Stars, America's Got Talent, eventually you get to the point you can get on the phone or get your little communicator out and text message of who you want to vote for to stay on live television. So what you see, 60 to 70% of what you see on TV or in movies is either happened or is going to happen. Now, the reason why my friends laughed at me back in the 70s is because majority of houses didn't have telephones out where I lived in the suburbs, 15, 10 miles outside of Richmond, Virginia. You had party lines. And what was a party line? You had to have houses on the same side of the street. Electrical lines on the telephone poles ran down, and they could only run the wire on that side of the street. And basically, they would run the telephone wire into six or seven houses and everybody it was so expensive to have a phone telephone six or seven people would share the cost of one phone line so when the phone rang in the summertime back then very few people had air conditioners or even central air my family my parents in my neighborhood was the very first folks to ever have central air in my entire neighborhood of a couple hundred houses so when the phone rang in the, in the summertime or in the spring when everybody had their windows open, you could hear the phones ringing all up and down the street. Well, if the neighbor up on one end of the street answered the phone and it was for the neighbor six or seven or ten houses down, down, he'd stick his head out the window. And if one of us kids was riding our bicycles, then the coconut pipeline would ha- kick in and he would call one of us kids to tell us to ride down to the folks' house down the street and knock on their door to let them know they had a phone call. Now, once you got on the phone, it wasn't private because six other people could hear your phone call. There were some people would kind of get sneaky about it, that they would pay the phone telephone guy to come out about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. They've already dug a trench from the telephone pole up onto their house. Phone guy comes, runs the phone line down the telephone pole, tries to hide it, conceal it so nobody would see it, and it goes up under the house. Then what they would do is they would take that phone, hook it up into a bedroom closet most of the time, take the ringer off the phone, and then run another wire under the house from the phone to a lamp in their sitting room, their living room or den where they normally sit and watch television. So you'd be over somebody's house, and all of a sudden the lamp would start to flash. And one of, one of them would get up and say, oh, the lamp's acting up again. One of them would get up and disappear. Well, you found out later they had a telephone wired up back in their closet, and they'd sit in their closet, and they'd talk real low. Why'd they do this? They didn't want everybody else to know they had a phone because it cost $0.10 cents to make a phone call at a payphone, and payphones weren't everywhere. So if folks found out they had a telephone wired to their house, They'd be getting knocked, their door would be getting knocked on constantly. Hey, can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? That's where telephones happened and got started out. For you folks out there that have the luxury of your communicator, like Captain Kirk, it's come a long way from 40 years ago. And then before the cell phone came out, you had car phones. I'll touch bases on that in a minute. Elaborate setup that you had to have installed in your car you had to have the the transmitter in your trunk it was wired to an antenna and wired to the handpiece the actual telephone up front in the cab 
And a lot of times people would sit on their phones and talk and they'll run their battery down. And you only had about a 50 mile radius to transmit to the nearest phone tower. So you couldn't always talk. So that's a lot of times why you'd see people sitting on the side of the road talking on their phone because you couldn't ride down the road so far before you ran out of the signal. And the standard setup for a cell phone was about three to $4,000, folks. And that's not counting what it cost to use the airtime. The airtime was like 80 cents a minute, I think it was, somewhere in there. I think it was a little bit more than that. Also, when you talked on cell phones back then, if you had a two-way radio, you could dial in. You could listen to phone conversations. We used to sit for hours and listen to people's cell phone conversations on my mom's old two-way radio. So the most elaborate setup I had seen, this guy had this big, I can't remember if it was a Lincoln Town car or if it was a Cadillac. It was a huge car. And the cars back in the 80s, 70s, and 80s, they had so much room on You could actually, in some cases, get in there with the engine and you could almost shut the hood. So they had all this extra room. This guy installed an oversized, extra oversized alternator, rerouted the, the fan belts, and it ran to a... 12-volt diesel battery alongside the regular car battery he had to run for his car phone. And all together, with all the amenities that he put in and the car phone he put in, he said it cost him around $8,000 just to have a car phone. And that's not, once again, that's not counting how much airtime it costs every minute. Which I've heard people say that they're car phone monthly bill would run anywhere from 200 to 400 dollars a month just for the airtime so car phones and cell cell phones have come a long way folks so then the starship enterprise when it was out and about it would run into some bad guys and they would end up having to zap them well it zapped them with their phasers and their proton torpedoes well what do we have now well we have emp electromagnetic pulse bombs kind of like some of the futuristic stuff they had on the Starship Enterprise. We also have lasers on U.S. military ships. We also have lasers on military airplanes. You can find a target and zap. Then there were some of the bad guys had this cloaking device where they could become invisible. Well, we have U.S. stealth aircraft that flies through the air and you cannot see it on radar. Now, since we're talking about futuristic and things happening in space, I wanted to mention Star Wars. Now, Star Wars is basically the evil empire, the evil government controlling the people, doing what they say, what they want to do. Then you have this band of rebels out there trying to take them down. Well, that's kind of where the future of what the powers to be with the New World Order and the Illuminati and the Carcerian Mafia, they're all one and the same, want us to be. Star Wars is a George Lucas series, and they're pretty cool. I enjoy watching the movies. However, uh, I think George Lucas kind of has a dark side to him. Because my cousin, who's an international artist, did a painting for him, and it was kind of like this little uh, midget devil-looking thing, which I thought was really weird, okay? And my cousin's wife used to work for George Lucas promoting Star Wars. She was a promoter for Star Wars. And they finally got fed up with it and left. They they don't have anything to do with them anymore. I think it's George Lucas trying to tell us through Hollywood, letting us know that 
eventually, so think about it. You have the United Nations, which wants to rule the world. You have the World Bank. You have the World Health Organization. So you have all these world organizations. They tried to turn Europe into the European Union. The European Union actually has its own military outside of all the various countries that are in Europe. They have their own little government, the European Union does. Since they've figured out that the entire United Nations wasn't working to their plan, they targeted Europe first to get the European Union down under the guise of, oh, we're going to do something great for you. We're going to be able to get better trade deals when we get together and one uh, universal currency called the euro. Because when you go over to Europe, most people hear these various countries and they think they're these big, large countries. If you compare it to the United States, these countries are sizes of states. You can put the entire Europe into the United, continental United States seven times. You can sit at Milan, Italy, and you have to go over the Alps, whether it be the Italian Alps or the Australian Alps or the French Alps. But from Milan, Italy, you can drive to the Atlantic Ocean over to Portugal in about 14 hours. In about 8 or 10 hours easy, you can be in Amsterdam, which is due north. A couple more hours, you can be on a ferry over to Denmark. You can be in Budapest, Hungary in about 10 hours, all sitting from the north, north Italy in Milan. So Europe is not that big. And when you went in over to Europe before they started the euro, you had to have all different types of currencies. So you were in Italy, you had to have the lira. France is the franc. You went over to Spain, you had to have the peso. You went to Germany, you had to have the mark. And you get the idea, so forth and so on. When you, If you traveled about through the states of Europe, which are countries, you'd have to have all these different currencies in your pocket. And then you would also have to understand what the conversion ratios were between various currencies if you were con- converting currencies from one cur- country currency to the other. The euro actually did help in that aspect, but then after they created the euro, then they come along and create the European Union, and that was bad. And the way the European Union basically works, those are not elected officials. Those are appointed officials set up to have a government-run body over numerous countries in Europe. So let me say that again. They are not elected officials. They are appointed officials. And supposedly this governing body does or makes decisions for what is the best for everyone overall, not just one individual country. That's why it's bad. This is a mini United Nations. It's being tested out. So therefore they can work out the bugs there so the united nations will know how better to proceed in the future and for the international order that we have worked for generations to build ordinary men and women are too small-minded to govern their own affairs that order and progress can only come when individuals surrender their rights to an all-powerful sovereign so once again I think George Lucas is trying to let us know this is what the idea is for our future. So that's something that we cannot allow happen. The last one will be honey traps. Now, what is a honey trap?
<laughs> Who's your daddy? A honey trap, and I've said this in some of my other podcasts, a honey trap is where you dangle. It's usually a young girl in front of a, a man. They have sex with them. You videotape it, and then you pretty much have them as your little bitch. Okay, that's basically the way it works out. And one of the episodes of SVU was the captain of this elite division wakes up one morning with a dead hooker in his bed. Well, that has happened several times. You may not see too many articles about it, but I can tell you for a fact, I know for sure it has happened. One person that happened to was short hairs, shifty Adam Shift. That's why they got him by the short hairs. He woke up with a dead hooker in his bed in the standard hotel out there in his district in Los Angeles and pretty much paid him off and now he's their little bitch okay that has happened quite a few times now getting to the honey traps as far as I know there's never been dead hookers in the Playboy Mansion but the 18 and 20 somethings would come up through the front door and the Playboy Mansion has four tunnels under it goes to private houses Two of those houses was owned by Jack Nicholson and Ned Beatty at one time. They would take the young underage girls to these houses, walk them through the tunnels, and then that's where they would have the big time 12 and 14 and 15 year old honey traps for the prominent politician or ex- corporate executive or well-known actor or famous singer. And at that point in time, after they had had sex with them, the Playboy Mansion is slammed full of video cameras. And from that point, then they own you. If you dispute the Playboy Mansion having these tunnels, you can go look up. I'm going to try to get the link in. I just have so many resources here where when they filed the plans to build the Playboy Mansion, it actually has the four tunnels in the plans. And then Jeffrey Epstein, I'd mentioned him earlier. We kind of all know about him. Well, he was a honey trap, too. He did the same thing. There you have it, folks. When you see it, 60 to 70% of what you see on television or what you see in the movies is either happened or it's going to happen. So with that, folks, if you would like, share, and subscribe here on my channel, hit the notification button so you'll get notification when I put out my next podcast. Go over to my buddy at Dave at net truth USA and Glorious Patriots. Check him out. I'll put his link down in the bottom. If you would support my channel through Patreon, if I can ever get the link fixed, my GoFundMe page, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for taking your time to listen. This has been the Will Kanishi channel featuring yours, Will Kanishi, in the search for truth and justice. So you can feel the sound that everybody knows what time is. So stand on up and we can get to this Everybody shout Shout it out loud Everybody shout Loud and proud Now is the time for you